0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishan, and once again, I'm bringing you another one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the golden age of radio had to offer. This week, we go back to Quiet Please, as B.K. Dawson and myself reincarnate Northern Lights, a tale about when science crosses a line that was never meant to be crossed. Northern Lights originally aired on January 30th, 1949. So turn off the lights, gather round, and if you get scared, just remember, these tales scared your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. This is a story about the temporal displacement of mass. It's also a story of teleportation. Do you know what those terms mean? No, I didn't think you did. But you stay right where you are, my charming friend, and you're quite likely to find out. You stay right there, and listen. I'll tell you everything you want to know. And maybe, well, maybe a couple of things you're not terribly anxious to know. ever see the northern lights? Aurora Borealis is their right name. You don't see them very often below the 50th parallel of latitude in this country, but up in northern Minnesota and Canada, upper New York, places like that, they're quite common of a winter night. If you've seen them, you know what they look like. If you haven't, there's no use in my trying to describe them. Sometimes they fill the whole northern sky with waves of color, like a fire burning beyond the horizon. Sometimes they're just long streamers of fire, filling up the whole sky. And another time, they look like gigantic fringed curtains of pure light, swaying as if some cold cosmic breeze plucked at them, way far off there to the north. And you can hear them, too, sometimes. Well... Maybe not exactly hear them, but... Well, there's a sound. A humming. A crackling somewhere inside your head. And there are times when you'd swear it's a voice talking to you. Talking in some kind of strange language you can almost understand. Filling your whole being with a kind of desperate, inescapable terror. At night, in the cold night. Voices talking and saying things to you that you can almost understand, filling the night sky with signs and portents of inescapable terror. And nobody, nobody in the whole world knows what they are. Nobody in this world, at least, except me. And after I get done talking to you, you'll know too. And you won't be happy. let me show you something now. This is from a recording I made, um, oh, let's see, uh, December 13th, 1948. A little more than a month and a half ago. I started the recorder while Norman and I were just about finished with our work that afternoon, here in the laboratory. I just set the microphone on top of the cabinet here, turned on the microphone, and listen, I'm going to play it back for you. The quality isn't so very good, but you can recognize my voice, and Norman's, I think. Here. I got the coil rewound now, I guess. Did you test it? How can I test it when I just said I got it rewounded? Well, hurry up. It's almost six o'clock. Oh, stock out. I didn't realize the time. Hurry up. All right. Might be a display tonight, do you suppose? How do I know? There's been a display the last three nights. That was a dinger last night, wasn't it? Yes, but the machine wasn't ready. Hey, listen now. If you think you can do it better than I can, that you... Ow! mmm, Ah! Stuck my finger. Where'd you put the copper sulfate? Um, uh, up above the sink. There it is. I got it. What are you doing? Testing the coil. How is it? Eh, looks Okay. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. All right, hook it up. What are you gonna send? Try my cigarette lighter. It won't work anyway, so I won't miss it if we don't get it back. I don't know how the thing will work when the northern lights aren't shining. Well, maybe they are shining. Turn off the room lights, let's see. All right. It's pretty early, but, uh... What's the matter? Would you look? Oh, how early tonight. Oh boy, that's, that's fine. The whole sky. Look, blue and yellow. Say, I, I never saw those long fringes before. Never the same. Oh, say, uh, did you turn on the recorder? Yep. Yeah, it's turning over. Let's see. <clears throat> now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their party. <laughs> Would you leave it alone? You about ready now? It's funny about the Aurora. Northern Lights? What's funny? Listen to this part closely, friend. Remember what I told you. Oh, I don't know. You can almost hear the darn things. Not hear them, I mean, but it's, uh, it's kind of like somebody talking to you in a language you can... You can almost understand. I, I don't know. I mean, do you ever notice it? Sure. Higher frequencies, I guess. Or something like that. Awful lot we don't understand. Look, um, you go over to the recorder and talk into the mic. Talk what? Describe what happens for the record. I'm no announcer. I know you're not, but just say what you see so we'll have an accurate record. Okay. Now? Go ahead. <coughs> <coughs> This is an experiment in temporal displacement of a solid object. Uh, in other words, the first actual demonstration of a time machine. If it works. It'll work, all right. Go on. Paul is now placing his old beat-up cigarette lighter on the stage of the hyper And he is now fitting the microchronometer to determine how far in the future he is going to send the lighter. Well... How far, Paul? About 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Now, at at the end of that time, if our calculations are correct, and we hope they are, the cigarette lighter will appear. In that period of time, it will have been into the future. Um, we we could send it farther into the future if we wanted to, I guess, but we'd have to wait much longer for time to catch up with it and make it reappear. But 10 seconds? Well, I mean, uh... We could prove our point by sending it 10 seconds into the future just as well as 10 years ahead and this way we don't have to wait so long. Hey, how am I doing, Paul? Hey, uh, go into your commercial. When Paul presses the little button, the cigarette lighter will turn to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, but it'll it'll be here. It'll be 10 seconds later. Now listen closely, please. It's going to happen. Now, um, <clears throat> Mr. Paul McGilligat, that famous mad scientist, is about to press the big old button and send his lighter into the future. You ready, Paul? Here we go. Stand by. Look, Norm! Oh, by golly! It is gone! It, it just disappeared! Bang! Like that! Hold your watch close up to the mic, Norm, so it'll record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, there, there, uh, there, there is no sign of the lighter. Uh, uh, the little stage on which Paul placed it is empty, and it should uh, uh, appear again in, um, in in just a second if it really did work. Three, two, one. It's back! It's back, Norm. It worked. We made it. Oh man! Uh, let's see if it's all right. Ouch! Ooh. Now what? Uh the lighter. Oh it, it Oh it's cold, Paul. Oh ooh 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 here 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 take it take it Paul Take it it's freezing cold ooh, 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 ooh. Wow Whew. Well what do you know? The the darn thing's like a piece of ice. Now where in the dickens do you suppose it's been in that ten seconds? No, 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 wait, friend. That's not the payoff yet. Listen. You said In the future, and times caught up with it. It's back, but uh. Hey, Paul, look! Where did that come from? What? There, on the stage, where the lighter was. Where'd that come from? In the middle of winter! What is it? It's a caterpillar, Paul. A brown and black caterpillar. Well, where do you suppose it came from? It wasn't there, but I'll tell you where it came from, Paul. It came from the place where the cigarette lighter went. What are you talking about? Well, well, feel it, Paul. Feel its fur. See? It's as cold as ice, too. A caterpillar. A little brown and black caterpillar. The kind they call woolly bears. You know, the, um, the larva of the tiger moth. The Isaiah Isabella. In the dead of winter... And as cold as ice. Where did it come from? Hmm. You want to know. The old timers say that the woolly bear caterpillar is a weather prophet. If the brown bands on his fur are narrow, there's severe weather ahead. And if they're wide, it's going to be a mild winter. Maybe. This one, you could hardly see the brown bands. Tough weather ahead. That's what the old timers would say. Where did she come from? She wasn't there when we put the cigarette lighter on the stage. But when time caught up again, there she was. She. Sure. Isabella. Isaiah, Isabella. I told you, remember? Oh, she was wiggling happily when she arrived from... somewhere in the future. But as she warmed up, she seemed to go into a trance. Almost a... Death like trance. So, Norman said, put her in the deep freeze and maybe she'll come to again in the cold. So we put her in the deep freeze. And in half an hour, when we looked in at her, she was wiggling happily. At ten degrees below zero, friend. Now, can you tie that? My goodness, she should have been frozen solid. Well, nothing special happened for a couple of days. "'That, you remember, was a month and a half ago, December 13th, 1948. "'Saturday night, a week before Christmas. "'I'd been Christmas shopping in the afternoon. "'I remember I came back to the laboratory to check up on some stuff, "'and Norman was there, fiddling with things. "'Hi, Norm,' I said. "'How's Isabella?' "'You know something funny, Paul?' "'What's the matter with you?' "'Who, oh, me?' "'You look... pale.' Are you sick? Eat something that disagreed with you? Paul. Isabella's singing. Isabella's singing? Are you, dotty? She's singing. The caterpillar's singing. Not tap dancing, I hope. I'm not kidding you. Open the deep freeze and listen. You've been at the C2H5OH? I haven't had a drink since Thursday night. All right, well, now what? Open the deep freeze. And listen. No kiddin, No kiddin. Well, we don't know where she came from. I wouldn't be surprised at anything. Hello, Isabella. Hey, don't do that. What's the matter? You afraid she'll answer me back? Well, I don't know what. Hello, Isabella. I hear you're singing. I told you, Paul. shh, shh, shh. I don't hear anything. Now, listen, Paul, I haven't lost my buttons. I've been hearing it all afternoon. I couldn't figure out what was doing it, and then I noticed it was louder along the deep freeze here. So I opened it up and stuck my head inside. And it was coming from her. Huh. Well, what'd it sound like, Norm? Oh, I don't know. Only it was kind of like, uh... A-E... I... A-E-I? Didn't she say A-E-I-O-U? And sometimes Y? Now don't rib me. I tell ya, I heard it. I think you'd better take a Christmas vacation, Norm. I'm not making this up, Paul. I know, kid, I know. But listen, we've been playing around with some pretty deep cosmic secrets, you and me. We've managed temporal displacement, which nobody in the world has ever done. You see? Maybe we both need a rest. You know what I think, Paul? What? I think we've managed teleportation, too. And we don't know it. Teleportation? You mean like what Charles Fort talks about? I mean, teleporting tangible objects from one place to another without any mechanical means. Electronically? I don't know, Paul. All I know is that that cigarette lighter was someplace where it was awful cold. And it wasn't cold here in this room. And where did that caterpillar come from? I don't know. It came from wherever the cigarette lighter went. But where? I I don't know. Somewhere. And you know what? I'm going to find out where it came from. You are. And how, may I ask you? I'm going to modify this gadget of ours, this hypercomcambulator, so it'll carry a man. And then, my dear boss, I'm going to sit in it and have you send me out there in time and space and come back and tell you all about it. That's all for tonight, bud. What? Come on. I'll take you out. Buy you a drink. I'm not fooling, Paul. Okay. You're not fooling, Norm. But get your hat and coat and come on. I'm prescribing hot buttered rum. Now- Turn off the lights. Will you listen to me for a minute? Turn off the lights. I want hot buttered rum. <sighs> okay. 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 Gosh, look out that window. The Northern Lights. They're really bright tonight. They sure are. Look out a pulse. Up, down, up, down. Norm? Up, what? Look at the deep freeze, there, in the dark. What about it? You see it? Light, Paul. Light, it's the- a- I see it, Norm. It's right in step with the Northern Lights. And the same colors. Red, red, blue, blue, up, down, up, down. Coming from the deep freeze where our little friend is, Isabella, where she was singing to you. Now, what do you think that's all about? Hey, Paul, listen. We never did get that hot buttered rum. We stayed there in the laboratory for a long time, listening to the voice of the thing in that box, endlessly repeating A-E-I-O-U, the vowel sounds of our speech, and watching the light that pulsed up from the deep freeze in perfect rhythm with the flickering of the northern lights we watched. And we thought long, long thoughts that I... I don't remember anymore. I do know that we both thought of ways to perfect our little mechanism, our time machine, our machine that brought back a little cold brown and black caterpillar from somewhere. And when it was morning, and the lights had faded from the northern skies, we found that our machine was very different. The stage where we found the caterpillar was larger now. I had only a vague recollection of what had happened in the night, so I said to Norman, Norm? I said. What did we do last night? I don't know for sure, Paul. Did we... rebuild that thing? Make it larger? I don't know. I... I don't... Well, I... I mean... I think I dreamed I was working on it. I think I hit my finger with a hammer. Let's see. Yeah, thumb's all bruised. Certainly looks like it. Nobody could have gotten in here. The door's locked. The machine's certainly different. This coil, I fixed. Look, it's rewound. Did did I do that? Ooh, my head hurts. Yeah, mine too. I don't get it. I don't either. I wish I could. Listen, Norm. What? Maybe we did change it. But I... Well, how could we have done all that by ourselves? Well, maybe... Maybe Isabella helped us. The caterpillar? Well, let's see, shall we? (sighs) Open the deep freeze. Well, I opened it, and it was empty. There wasn't any brown and black caterpillar in the deep freeze. We took a flashlight and looked over every inch of it. We stood there and looked at each other for a whole minute. Norman said, Well, I just shook my head. We went over and sat down. All of a sudden, I said, I found her, Norman. And there she was. There was little Isabella the caterpillar, crumpled up, stone dead, on the floor of the laboratory. And, you know, caterpillars have these little tiny paws. In one of Isabella's paws was the end of a long piece of wire that ran up to the generator cable. How did she get out? I said that the thing couldn't be opened from the inside. I said it was fastened down tight when I took the lid off just now. But she did get out. Maybe she did help us, Norm, I said. He just sat there and stared at me. And I got up and put on my overcoat. Where you going? Where you going, Paul? I said, I'm going to find out something, Norman. Where I'm going, it's cold, I said. I know that, and I'm going to find out what's been going on and where that caterpillar came from. Norm goggled at me. I stepped on the stage of the machine that was to take me away somewhere. Somewhere in time. And space. I said, Norm, turn it on. Well, he. he reached over and touched the switch. He didn't even say a word. And I braced myself. I nodded at him. Go ahead, I said. And he pressed the switch. Nothing happened at all. Nothing. Why? I know, Paul. I know. It's daylight. There aren't any northern lights. It was just as well. I had a chance to think about it a little, and I realized that just an overcoat wouldn't do me any good where I might be going. And so, when it was night again, and the northern lights were flickering and dancing in the sky, I put on a high-altitude aviator suit that had its own source of heat supply. Norman shook his head as I got back on that stage. I nodded for him to press the switch. Cold? You've never been cold, friend. Dark? You wouldn't know how dark it can get. And I was standing on an immense plain that stretched so far, so far into the distance. The plain was snow and eternal ice. A dead, cold, white world with the blackest sky above me and the northern lights reached from horizon to horizon, even through the high-altitude suit. I could feel the biting cold, and I was afraid, shivering, abjectly afraid. The streamers of the northern lights reached down toward me and wrapped about me. I heard the sound of voices screaming into my mind, and I... I could understand them. I wished... Hardly, I had never played around with cosmic forces. They yelled inside the heavy helmet. I yelled, Norman, Norman, bring me back, bring me back! And there was nobody to hear me. No, I... I don't know where I was. Another planet? Maybe. The North Pole? Maybe. The lights were all around me. Maybe that's where it was, but... It was the most terrible, awful, cold... Lonely place you could imagine in a hundred years. The lights, the flickering northern lights, crawled over me and beat at me. I could almost understand what they were saying. And then, a crash. Sudden blackness. I was standing again in the laboratory I left only a few short seconds ago, and Norman was tearing at the fastenings of my suit and beating at me with both hands. I wondered what in the world he was doing until I got the helmet off. He was brushing caterpillars. Off me, thousands of cold, freezing cold, brown and black Isabella caterpillars. I was in bed for a week or more, I I don't know how long. Wherever it was I'd been, I'd nearly frozen to death in those few short seconds. And at last, I was able to come back to the laboratory. I sat there that night with Norman, and outside the windows, the northern lights were brighter than they'd ever been before. Purple and green, yellow. Black lights. even. There was a new rhythm tonight. A kind of... code. Almost words. Thoughts. Not quite formed, and yet curiously disturbing. Norman, though, didn't seem to be as disturbed as I was. He just sat quietly and looked at me. Where'd those caterpillars come from, Paul? Where I was, that's... that's all I know. Did they attack you, or...? I don't know. They came from the lights. The lights? The Northern Lights. Where are they, Norm? The caterpillars? Yes. In the... deep freeze? Where Isabella was? Poor Isabella. What's the matter with you, Paul? I'm listening. Listening to what? Don't you hear them? I don't hear anything. Listen. I don't hear anything. Turn on the recording machine. I want to see if we can pick up their voices. There isn't anything, Paul. Turn it on. Turn it on. I want a recording. Quick. Quick, Norman. They're quick. They're talking to us. Listen, friend. I want to play you another recording. This is what came out of our tape recorder that night when I was listening to the voices, and Norman couldn't hear anything. Just listen. I still don't hear anything, Paul. Be still. Listen. I tell you, I don't hear anything. Listen. What's that? Look at the deep freeze. The top's coming open. Look at the light around it, Paul. Be quiet. Watch. How did they... Good Lord, look! The caterpillars are coming out, Paul. Look at them! There's millions of them! Be still, Norman. But, 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 Paul, your voice... Be still, I said. What's the matter with your voice? We want to talk to you. You what? You you said we Why of course Norman We Who for the It's Paul's voice, Norman. Paul's voice. But what? it's not Paul speaking. Listen. We speak to you. Paul not Paul. We we, the people of the lights, we, from the cold, we are speaking to you with Paul's voice. I tell Paul's you- Paul's voice will tell you what to do when the time comes, Norman. We go to the machine now. Paul's mind is ours for a little time now. We go to the machine, the machine that brought us to your world from the world of the lights. Who are you? Who? The people of the lights. To take over this world of yours. Only this world of yours is so hot. We must have the cold world. And we know how to make it cold. What's the matter, Paul? Paul? It's so, so hot. No! No! Quick, Norman. Turn on the machine. Send us to places in your world. No, our world. Hurry. It's so hot. Hurry. So hot. Hurry! Hurry! Turn on the machine! No, I don't know. I... I don't have any recollection of it. At all. Well, the recording's there, isn't it? That must be what happened. When I woke up, Norman was gone, and there were no caterpillars in the place. And our machine... Our machine that took people and things away into time and space was wrecked. I don't know what became of them. You heard what they said about my voice. They're going to take over this world and make it a cold world, like the one they came from, wherever that is. No, I don't know where they went. I do have ideas. Are you... cold? It's freezing in here. And just for example, you read the papers... Look at the newsreels. Did you see the pictures of snow in Los Angeles? In subtropical Los Angeles, where it hasn't snowed for so many, many years. I wondered about that too. I wonder if anybody saw any brown and black woolly bear caterpillars in Los Angeles. Larva of the tiger moth. Isaiah Isabella And that concludes our reincarnation of Northern Lights from Quiet Please and another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank my co-star, BK Dawson, for helping me bring this script back to life. New episodes of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast are released every Thursday and can be found on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Stishon, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first.